at least he's not like bumping and grinding and doing all his little <laughs> prince in his mind moves. <laughs> What's it gonna be? Oh, baby. Baby, baby, baby. You ready? Welcome, family, to the Bacon Bits Podcast, where we desire for you to make and take the bits of information and immediately apply them to your life for success. The ground rules for our podcast is that it will always be encouraging, uplifting, and informative. The areas of life that we will be talking about on the Bacon Bits Podcast is dealing with having a balanced life. I need to hear you say it. Say it out loud. Say valuable. Information, information applied equals success. Amen. And welcome back to this wonderful podcast with the woman of my dreams. She's my everything, my all in all. Oh, my sweetness. My habanero sugar. Diana Bacon. Welcome, up, babe. My boo. And what we're going to be talking about on this podcast is trusting our response to life. Mm-hmm. Trusting. So we're still working through this workbook. Yeah. The healthy relationship, the uh, healthy, um, a workbook through the lens of faith. So yes. we're still working through. And this, if you have been following along, um, this book was kind of made to for people to, uh, who, if you're leading a group or anything, to, to really just apply this to your life and and this is what we are continuing to do. This is week ten yes. in our um, in the healthy relationship workbook. So yeah, trusting our response to life. Uh, it's a big one. It's a big one, babe. Because I know that I have known so many people, and you know, you kind of prepare or you plan a day. Yeah. Whether you you know you're gonna have a hard conversation, uh, difficult conversations are hard mm-hmm. with a person or. Uh, if you're going to have a relationship conversation with a loved one or if you have to make a budget um, restriction. Yeah. If you talk to the people before and, you know, so many people I've spoken to, I'm like, so what's the plan? Like, how are you going to present? Man, I don't know. Man, I don't know. And the ones who have planned have a more successful time yeah. and less anxiety. Other yeah. ones who say, well, this is this is how I'm going to approach the situation is I'm going to approach it with ABC, one, two, three. Mm-hmm. Uh, but man, we got to plan. We have yeah. to know. We got to be able to trust our response to life because life happens and it comes quick. Yes, it does. And um, we hope we know how we were going to respond. Mm-hmm. And we don't want to dream about or think about or even entertain yeah. some hard things that might possibly happen. Yeah. But mm-hmm. that's just stuff that we need to talk about because like you were talking about earlier, um, we need to sit down and... I've been saying it for a couple of years now. We yeah. need to write the things that we want, like our our, our, our last wishes. Mm-hmm. And these are things that I think COVID has caused a lot of people to think about these things. Yeah. But it's yeah. something we should always want because what our children would like is not necessarily maybe what you would want. Right, right. Or your spouse might want. Mm-hmm. And you have to have those difficult conversations. And yeah. so, um, yeah, trusting our response to life. Because what we decide not to do, like not plan, right, right, it's just as crucial as what we actually do. Yeah. So we have to, we have to plan. Yeah. 
So it's not just about, uh, well, I'm not going to do this, I'm not going to do that, I'm not going to do this, or I'm going to do this. It's about planning it out and ideally um, maintaining integrity in our life so we know that we're going to respond ideally in the way that we're trying to because our response makes all the difference yeah because people don't realize that even when you don't make a decision you're making a decision absolutely and i think that's something a a lot of us do have to work on is that very thing is because if you're not careful uh life will happen for you you know i've I've said this quite a few times man Mm -hmm. if you're not intentional about living your life man life will live itself for you and i have no problem telling you i want to be at the forefront of the decisions that I make, you know, I'm a, I'm a child of God and I believe what the word of God says and, and God is going to give you instructions. But guess what? You still have to carry the stuff out, man. You know, we always say something, you know, clever and it sounds cute. Jesus, take the wheel. But if I pass the keys to Jesus right now, that car ain't driving nowhere, no time soon. He's going to give you the answers. He's going to give you the blueprint on how to live your life. Guess what? We still have to do it. So that is a response. You know, sometimes when we say this stuff like, you know, Jesus, take the wheel, we're just praying that he would do everything and and all of it. And I'm like, no, that's not how it's going to work. You know, part of that uh, trust in your response is, you know, what do I do in financial crisis? Uh, How about I, you know, start budgeting my money and doing the things that I need to do so I more than likely won't have to get into a Mm-hmm. financial crisis you know am i telling my wife on a daily basis that i love her appreciate her i'm so thankful for everything that she does for me am i verbally saying that out loud because if we're not responding to life man it, i'm telling you that 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 marriage is gonna get weakened your relationship with your children is gonna get weakened uh co-workers you know we're not to just assume that people know you know what we're thinking man we're supposed to be telling people so they'll know how to respond to the things in life and not just say it too but mm-hmm. actually do the work it takes yeah, yeah. to maintain those relationships yeah not just saying stuff you don't just say i love you babe but you know you show up for me you help me you you support me you encourage me so there's mm-hmm. a lot more to to maintaining a healthy relationship than just saying words yeah <clears throat> yeah so i think that's 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 extremely used extremely used mm-hmm. So, I mean, we got to ask ourselves some of those those hard questions, you know, mm-hmm. about when we respond to life, you know. So how do we respond to disappointment? You know, because if you know everything in life is not going to go picture perfect, that's beautiful to know that up front. It's not going to be a utopia of life. Disappointments are going to happen in life. So are we prepared for those disappointments? Can you be prepared for disappointments? Well, first, we got to identify what those um things that are disappointing you are right so some things could be because of our own failure to prepare or our own inability or our own limitations Mm -hmm. but we can't ideally i i would hope that we don't put the weight of our expectations on someone so where as they fail because they're human yeah we are disappointed Mm -hmm. so let's focus more on ourselves. And can we, life happens, things happen. Um, and yeah, we can absolutely be disappointed. I know um, all of us can remember times as young people, whether it be in gym or whether it be in any kind of sports or whether it be in just friendships, like not getting invited somewhere mm-hmm. and that f- absolute feeling of rejection of yeah. not being accepted somewhere. Like, what does that do? How do we respond? Do we just not talk? Do you remember third grade? So too many people now, even as adults, are responding like third grade students mm-hmm. in the sense of well 
she did me wrong, so we're not her friend anymore. And then yeah. people still do that. Like, you're grown. You, right. You're grown. Like, Kelly, you're 50. Like, get with it. Why are you not being friends with someone because she upset somebody else? So, again, let's try and refocus everything back to who am I? Back to our identity. Back mm-hmm. to our own integrity. Back to our own um, sense of... Um, how do I want to be remembered? What is a person I want, who is a person I want to be? So, yeah, how do we respond to disappointment? How will we res- we respond to rejection? And uh, I know that I got a big challenge. Both of us got really challenged. Um, I just celebrated on December 29th was my first. Uh, it's my five year anniversary mm-hmm. of I didn't die. I didn't die day. I call yeah. it my I didn't die day. That was my first. Uh, uh, craniotomy when they mm-hmm. cracked my skull open to take a tumor out and I didn't die. So, pra- hey, praise the Lord. I'm so Amen. So the 29th was my five-year anniversary and that's exciting. But guess what? When that first happened, I didn't, we didn't have any preparation time. It just yeah. like happened, right? It yeah. was such, it was all within a six-hour period. Yeah. So how did we respond to illness, to disability? Because it just came quick yeah. and that kind of stuff in life happens we have accidents we have sicknesses um and sometimes it leaves us with chronic illness or with a disability mm-hmm. for the rest of our life that we had no intention, no intention. we had yeah. no that was this was not on our on our on our future plan list this right. was not the way that we envisioned our life how do we respond to that and that is where my disappointment had mm-hmm. come from in the past and my feeling of rejection and like sometimes it could be just something that happened and then it creates this snowball effect of other feelings that come up with yeah. it right yeah and you think that you think about it i mean because like i said i mean my baby was a uh cross country uh track coach at one time uh very healthy when we got married and all that so you know this thing came out of nowhere but you know people don't ask for brain tumors people don't ask to have seizures people don't ask to have you know uh, PTSD and things of that nature, you know, so we have to go about asking ourselves, you know, how do we respond to each situation as it comes up? You know, cause like we're fear of rejection, I, you know, being an older man now can handle it way better than when I used to. But you know, like if I offer somebody, you know, a relationship with Jesus, you know, and they turn me down, it wasn't me that they turned down. They turned down, you know, having a relationship with Jesus. You know, if I was to ask somebody to listen to my podcast and they say, well, uh, I don't, you know, quite like your podcast. Guess what? I don't even feel like they're rejecting me. I feel like to me, they just guess what? That's not their style of podcast that they want to hear. So part of a lot of the things that we take personal with rejection, you know, one of many things is it's actually not you. It's, you know, it's par- mostly the other person. You know, they might, you know, object the way I said, you know, this, that or, you know, my relationship with Jesus, anything could be possible. But, you know, when we take it like, man, you know what? It's something that's in that person that just doesn't like that thing. And so you have to be cool with that, that it's, it's not a personal shot towards you. It's just, you know, somebody might have heard some music that I was playing. And, you know, you got some people that will really love the music and be like, man, you did a really good job. And then some people be like, oh, my God, that singing sucks. You know, guess what? It's, it wasn't meant for them. It was meant for the people that enjoyed it. So part of the rejection is. Guess what? That wasn't meant for them. So for us not to take it personal and to lean more towards the people that received what we had to do. And that's great because uh, trusting our response to life, that would be a, a fall under feeling ridiculed or harassed or 
rejected on account of faith or wanting to live a holy life. Like for some people, they're like, what are you doing? Why even bother? Mm -hmm. So the fact that you recognize and you're able to have enough confidence in yourself as a grown man now, um, your perspective is different than it was when you were 12 years old and needing needing your peers so you know support yeah <clears throat> so that's that's absolutely important to re- recognize it's not me if they mm. rejected christ they're going to reject me right, you know right. so you can you can um reframe that rejection and right. not take it personally mm-hmm. which is super important too and i like that yeah because i mean you're gonna you're, we're gonna have fiery trials in life you know intense encounters and struggles i mean that that's that's just life man you know so but as a kid you know so i'm just thinking back about you know when i was a kid man and you know i've said it before that i, I my dad died when i was 21 and i might have seen him maybe if you put the whole time period together six months out of my life you know i could take that as just like man you know i wasn't worthy of a son to be called a son uh, you know, he didn't like me, uh, you know, I was just a mistake and things of that nature. Or we can say, you know what, he was dealing with his own demons, you know, dealing with his own issues, you know, and that's part of where we have to catch ourselves and say, you know what, this is just one of the many trials that happen in life, you know, that you have to see where was I at, what was my thought process, what was the uh, circumstances and situations going on, you know, before you act out just out like crazy, in our response on how we're handling that situation. Yeah, so this past week, I work in an assisted living, and there's this one gentleman, his wife passed away, I want to say three months ago, and man, he was such a reflection of a, a loving and supportive husband. He was there, and she has she had uh, in her final months that I knew her, final year, she really suffered with, very severe Parkinson's, late, you know, advanced Parkinson's and some dementia, and she was nonverbal. So, but he would come every morning, he would show up, and he would spend the whole day with her until dinner time. And he was, uh, they had been married 65 years, and it was just an absolute joy to see the relationship. He would help feed her, and he would just, he was just there for her. Mm-hmm. She passed away a few months ago, and, um, it's interesting we're talking about our trusting our response to life. He comes on Tuesdays and he sits in uh, the room. And Tuesdays I do music ministry. I go and I sing uh, worship and some fun songs like, you know, Sound of Music kind of stuff, favorite things. And just fun th- fun, th- fun songs and worship songs mm-hmm. and old hymnals for the people that remember. And there's a few songs that that were her favorite. And when he comes, that's what he's asking. And he sits in the room as we sing and he and he just cries and um i find it such such a blessing to be able to sit and cry with him and Mm -hmm. sing with everyone and for him at the same time and i remember speaking with him this past tuesday and he said um you know he's dealing with trusting his response to grief yeah he's like i don't know why i keep coming here it hurts too much and i'm like but it is it is it is is it a negative hurt or is it a beautiful memory and he's mm-hmm. like it hurts to remember her i miss her so much yeah and we just got to sit there and we just cried together and i sang him the songs that she loved and uh there was a perfect like um example this man just adored his wife 
And I adored watching them. And of course, that wasn't who she was or his their whole life. Right, right. But the fact that he can tell me, um, I don't know why I keep coming here. And I said, why do you think? He's like, I want to hear her songs because it reminds me. And I just found it um, to be such a blessing that I get to be part of that. But that's him learning because grief kicks you in the throat and then it knocks you down while you're laying on the ground trying to catch your breath. And oh man, what a beautiful uh, way to remember her Mm -hmm. and grieve her at the same time. Yeah. It's just a joy. And he doesn't know. He's like, I said I wasn't going to (laughs) cry. I cry with him, so it gives him permission to say it's okay. And there's one of our other residents there who love him dearly, my uh, my Barbarino, and he always comes over, and he's also with Parkinson's, and he always holds his, he grabs his hand, and he cries with them, and he shakes his hand like, hey, we're in this together. Yeah, hey, bro- yeah. brother, you're not alone. And, right. and he's like, i got to stop crumbing here. And, and, and I just look at him and he smiles and he's like, I'm not going to stop coming. Here. <laughs> In the same breath, he says, I got to stop. Com- I got to quit coming here so yeah. much. And I said, we love you. So, uh, wow. Like he prepares to not cry. He, 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 he wants to come and encourage us. And that yet still in tears, mm-hmm. we can leave encouraged. Yeah. And I think that's the thing that's crazy because there is no instruction booklet on how to grieve. You know, how long to grieve, how to grieve, you know, uh, techniques on grieving. You know, it's just what is that process for you? And I think that's something that people need to really get because, you know, his was the grief, uh, grieving the, the loss of a life. But I know when you had to grieve for the loss of yeah. the many losses that you've had, you know, you're still alive. And I think about, you know, me grieving because I'm like, excuse me. Well, I know that having a wife with a precarious life, you don't, we don't know what this life's going to look like. And being disabled sure wasn't my plan. And you have been Jesus with skin throughout this whole ordeal. But that wasn't your plan. Your dream uh-huh. wasn't to have a wife in a wheelchair, have a wife that's limited, have a wife that you have to plan so many things before and after and during any any small outing nothing is no longer a quick run to the supermarket it it takes time it takes uh it takes us always having something the just in case bag and uh i appreciate that but yeah that's what grief looks like baby it hits you in the middle of a podcast it can hit you while you while you're singing it can hit, hit you while you're crying you can start yeah. laughing because you can yeah. we can see and rejoice still right and even in first peter it says beloved do not think it strange mm-hmm. concerning the fiery trial, trials yes Lord. which is to try you as though some strange thing is happening it's not it's preparing us it's in, it's strengthening us mm-hmm. is this the way we would want to be strengthened absolutely not mm-hmm. nobody not. wants to yeah. have to go through fiery trials and struggles and and anger and grief and lust and rejection and illness and disability and a slew of broken dreams and promises mm. that I just decided to start burying and letting them 
bloom into beautiful plants that I surround myself with. Yeah. And so, and, and you think about the part of like, cause I, I was just having a flashback. I'm like, you know, cause even, you know, you have a moment where you just mad at God, you'd be like, God, why'd you allow this to happen? This and that of that nature. And then what you could do is like, okay, so me hollering at God, cussing out, acting a fool, that's going to give me a little, little relief. But at the same time, while I'm doing all that being discouraged and, you know, distracted by my anger and my wrath is I'm missing out on time with that person that I need to be in a relationship with and to be there for them. Yeah. Have your moment, man. I've told people in a minute, man, I had my uh, godson. uh, He had lost his his baby. This was uh, back at the beginning. of Matter of fact, I think 2022. And I gave him advice that people would have just had a stroke over. I said, man, you go in a corner and you go somewhere quiet. I mean, you know, where you had open space. And I said, you let God have it. I said, just go off, act a fool, go crazy and be mad because I already know what's going to happen. After all this, you're going to get this off, step off your chest. And then you'll come back and say, God, thank you. I love you. I praise you. I give you all glory. But I said, have your moment. Let loose. Go, go in. I said, man, I said, I'd, I'd rather for you to have that moment privately in your closet with God than to accidentally have so much frustration and anger and bitterness that it comes out on a person and then you will respond to that person. Then you end up going to jail and then you can't be there for your wife who was grieving because she had uh, a miscarriage. And then guess what? It's, this is just a spiral effect of negativity, negativity. But go have that moment. Get that stuff off your chest you know, grieve, you know, respond to, yes, I'm going to let this all go, but I'm going to come back. And this is just a trial and a tribulation. Like some people have, and I got to learn how to deal with it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And this is also part of the trusting our response to life, having to uh, deal with the pressure and daily challenges of our routines of what we're responsible for. Having to deal with all of that, life happens. Happens, yeah. And I still got to show up to work. Mm-hmm. Someone still has to cook the meal. Yeah. We got to eat. Mm-hmm. I still mm-hmm. got to figure out how to take a shower. Yeah. I still got to get dressed. Mm-hmm. I still have to figure out what I'm going to eat tomorrow because yeah. that's the way my brain works because I have to plan a dessert around a meal because the dessert comes first and then the meal is secondary. <laughs> so I have to have. So this is the, just like the smallest things. How mm. do we deal with our response? Like, yeah. And yeah, I get cranky. I think a lot of us get cranky and uh, apathetic. We have to be careful not to become so apathetic that we're just going through the motions of everything. Yeah. But find a way um, to enjoy mm. those moments and not um, let it become so routine that you just numb out. You yeah. know, you just, you're no longer involved. And um, I know for me, I have to, I make it a choice to think about because I didn't die. I think a lot of people on the outside be like, oh, you're so brave. Oh, you're, you're so inspirational. And slightly I gag. And then I realize, and I wonder to myself, and I don't say things to people, but honestly, it's like, for what? Because I didn't die? Mm-hmm. Like, what really inspires you? The fact that I just kept living? Like, what am I supposed to do? Like, I didn't die, so right. I, I started breathing, and I, I've i been breathing ever since. And yeah. I'm trying to figure it out as I go, and it's no different than anybody else. And sometimes I document some of those feelings, and that's what you see in my unraveling, is some of those thoughts of, 
how did I get to where I am and how did I do this and yeah. how do I figure out the next step? And that's it. Just figure out the next step. Yeah. And this is part of us planning so we can trust our response to life because I don't want to show up and be like, I don't know, I'm in a bad mood, so I'm just going to show up to someone I have to have a hard conversation with. No, yeah. I'm not going to. I'm going to either postpone it or I'm going to say, hey, I'm having a really hard time today. Mm-hmm. So... Um, I don't want to bail on this hard conversation or this time that we had together because I, I really want to be present, but um, I need a little bit of grace today maybe because yeah, I'm yeah. having a hard time. I'm not trying to justify anything, no. but um, sometimes it takes that humbling oneself to say, hey, this is, this is where I am. I don't want to use it as an excuse. I know I personally am a plower to my own fault. Mm-hmm. I plow and I plow and I push and I push because I don't want to let people down because I, I genuinely love the people that are in my life. I care about the few people that I have in my life. Yeah. And I want to show up. I want to be there f- for them as much as a, be present enough where when they come to spend time with me, I get to be present. Yeah. But part of that is also knowing, hey, I'm not having a good day today. Yeah. Not I'm not feeling it. I'm physically... Struggling, so um, can we either postpone this, or are you okay with just maybe sitting down and watching a movie with me? Mm-hmm. Like, like, have those conversations. conversations. Why are we so yeah. afraid of being one hundred percent honest with people? Yeah. And I think it's at times we need to have. This is the beauty of like when life is going good for you, to have things in place, uh, and you don't think about them when you're doing them. But it's a, it's their great coping skills to have in response to life, you know, because, I mean, if looking at our beautiful home, we always see the plants. So part of, uh, you know, t- taking care of your plants. My wife is an, an artist, so she does paintings, uh, makes beautiful uh, adaptations. There's so many projects we got in this house. And I think about, you know, I like to work out and I think about uh just going somewhere and being with friends. So part of our response to life is, man, having some things in place. So when life throws those fiery trials and temptations and and life journey, it's just having something in place that you can use as a coping uh, skill, coping mechanism to uh, enjoy your life. Yeah, and those could be hobbies or those can be, you know, just something that you use as your self-therapy. Right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so... Let's take a little jump here. And we're still talking about trusting our response to life. We talked mm-hmm. about how we respond to disappointments and rejection, disability and illness and grief. But that also comes with anger and um, lust mm-hmm. and having to figure out how to deal with all of that under the pressures of our being responsible and having to make dinner and go to work and yeah. and just lead a normal human existence and... Uh, all of that but now maybe we didn't respond the way we wanted maybe some relationships have been severed maybe we just haven't they're not necessarily severed but they're they're in need of some major um oxygen because we just haven't been fanning that flame of love with Mm -hmm. a friend or a sibling or a loved one or showing up for our bosses uh the way we we intend to just because we've been going through whatever it is we go through because we're human, right? Mm-hmm. So, how do we assimilate back after we've done our work? Now, now I'm 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 feeling good, right? We're having good mm-hmm. times, and um, things are starting to balance out in our individual lives. And how do we assimilate back into a routine, a family, a work when maybe they have had to readjust? to your absence yeah because you were checked out 
or you've been checking out right. or you haven't been trustworthy enough to mm-hmm. show up. Yeah. Now you are maybe doing your work and maybe you spent this last 2022 doing your work of healing some traumas or your responses and how can you possibly assimilate because you haven't had the courage to humble yourself to say, hey, listen, this is where I am. It has nothing to do with everybody that's here. I just need some time away. Yeah. And maybe you yeah. did. Yeah. Maybe you did humble yourself and say that in a kind way. Either way, how can you assimilate back into a routine that you checked out of? Yeah. Uh, that's a big question because, you know, being blessed to work at a rehab facility, you know, some people come in for the five to seven days of uh, detoxification. And then uh, if we have room and their insurance will allow, they'll come over to our 30 day program. And that's, you know, so you figure that person has been away from their family for 35 days and the family been holding it down since they, you know, been gone, you know. And so my first uh, response to them is, man, listen here, when you get home, shut the hell up. Don't say nothing. When you get home, I want your actions to prove to them that you're ready to acclimate back into this family. Uh, what I also want you to do is see the cracks that's in the family, because uh, with your role not being fulfilled or somebody having to hold it down since you've been gone, you know, because you, you've been gifted in that area. Guess what? See how you can ease back into that spot of uh taking back that responsibility, see where, you know, the family has been hurting. Cause I, I just, you know, usually get on my man. I'd be like, don't be coming back up in there. How about, you know, the King is home and you know, we going to get back stuff in order. I'd be like, you better sit your little tail down somewhere. So when you get home, you see where the family, you know, uh, has been having some cracks in it, you know, cause I'm like, man, the wife holding it down. She cooking the food for the family. She going to work, taking care of the kids, but the kids didn't have nobody doing their homework with them, you know, because she was so busy. Bruh, come back up in there, help the kids with the homework. How do you respond to life? You've been gone for 35 days. Uh, guess what? They ain't been able to do the housework, you know, because mom is working. Mom's trying to cook and clean, make sure the kids get, you know, what they need. The kids is doing what they got to do, trying to help mom out. Now that you see it, like, man, you know what? The house need painting. Let me let me paint the house. Let me cut the grass. Let me, you know, do things around the house where, you know, things were were lacking since I was gone. And that's a great way to build up the the trust again of the family, because guess what? You've been checked out. You've been gone. You've been trying to get yourself together, which is a great thing. Don't get me wrong. But guess what? They've been holding it down since you've been gone. So now you got to come back and assimilate yourself back into, you know, this wonderful home that's been functioning since you've been gone yeah and um we're talking about this human condition that we all um not not one of us can escape from sometimes people pass Mm -hmm. sometimes there's a a death in the family that we have to figure out how to move forward from this sometimes there's a divorce Mm -hmm. maybe your children moved away maybe you you're experiencing empty nest right how do we respond to, and these are some of those disappointments. These are some of those sadness and grief. And um, I know for me, one of my one of my big things for me over the last five years, dealing with my grief is recognizing and allowing myself the compassion to um, give myself permission to, to grieve. Yeah. Because um, the conversations that uh, many people, in their well-meaning 
comments may have said is that anything that starts with the word at least, right? At least this or at least that or it could have been worse. And um, that's not that's never helpful. But to allow myself to grieve and be completely 100% grateful, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. they are not mutually exclusive. And we have to remember that. Give yourself the space. If yeah. You are allowed to grieve the difference in your family, the fact that maybe you're not the one that left. Maybe like the prodigal son, maybe you were the one that stayed. Right, right. And you're just angry at the people that left and they're not there. They're not helping. No one's, you're figuring it. You're taking care of your, your aging parents and nobody's helping you when you have three other siblings. Maybe maybe um, the matriarch has passed and you're trying to figure out how to keep traditions going. And mm-hmm. There's so many different ways, but allow yourself the space to grieve what it is you're missing and to be grateful for what it is you have. Yeah, yeah. I think a great thing to do <laughs> You know, as children of God, as you know, uh, some of the stuff you can filter it through God's word. Uh, some of it is spending time with God in prayer, but making sure also that you continually uh, checking yourself. You know, where, where's your thoughts at? Where's your words at? Where's your desires at? Where's your actions at? You know, you have to make sure you, you constantly are checking in on yourself to make sure that you're responding to, you know, the value, core values that you set up for yourself, your belief system that you set up for yourself. So making sure I'm not acting too much out of uh, what I believe is my uh, my uh, purpose that I've placed on myself and my uh, the way I see myself and my identity, I think is a big one. Yeah. And a lot of people don't want to be like, oh, I got it. it's too much thinking. I have it's too much thinking, but you got to check your thoughts. Yeah. If you catch yourself like feeling angry, like if someone's saying a comment, catch your you know check your thoughts. Yeah. Check the words you're about to say, because whatever you're thinking about might not be the things to come out. And yeah. Some things need to be an inside voice inside mm-hmm. your own head. Yeah. Uh, your your desires, like what do you desire to do? I can't tell you how many people, hundreds of people, throughout the years, and everyone thinks they're alone in this. But uh, I would venture to say many people listening to this podcast have felt like this at some point. We love everybody in our family. We we like our job. Everything's actually pretty good. But there's this underlying desire to just pack a bag and take off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just mm-hmm. just be like, I'm out of here. Yeah. Just like this escape, this this, this dream of escaping somewhere. Mm-hmm. It's not the people. It's 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 nobody's fault. Right. Really. Um, but check those desires. Yes. Are you feeling overwhelmed? What are the things that are maybe overwhelming you mm-hmm. that is causing you to come out of character, is causing you to come out of the person that you want to be and you, the legacy you want to leave? Check all those things because you respond, you know, might not be responding to life the way you would like to if you're feeling overwhelmed and frustrated and angry and resentful because you haven't, you're having all these weird thoughts and words and desires, right? And then, of course, your actions are going to follow all those things. If you can, Mm -hmm. if you're going to not check them and you're just going to let them freestyle. Yeah. They're going to, they're going to run you. Yeah. And and that's really important because I just had a young lady uh, who was at our uh, recovery center, you know, she let somebody else trigger her uh, and she had an outburst and she shoved somebody and she immediately got kicked out of the program. And I'm like, what were you here for sobriety so what did this other person have to do with where you was at but she had got she didn't check herself and allowed the emotions just to overrun her and then that ruined her whole 
process of wanting to be there to work on her issues, you know, for the rehab so she doesn't, you know, get caught up on drugs and alcohol. But that that one outburst for her not checking herself blew the whole program that she was there for. And that that was used to think about it. We have to continuously check ourselves and what because if we're not careful, you know, one of the uh, scriptures is in your anger, do not sin. And it never says you can't get angry. But how do we respond in that anger? How do you respond in that grieving process? How do you respond in those uh, thoughts that are not so uh, pleasing or thoughts that, you know, that you typically don't uh, have? And this is why it's so important for us to continuously check yourself right mm -hmm. we have to remember so if i'm feeling like i'm fragmented which i normally do feel a lot of the times because i have my precious son and uh my daughter-in-law and my beautiful grandkids in one part of the world my beautiful sisters in another part of the world my mother in one part of the world my other children in another part of the world they're all over so i am constantly in this fragmented state and i need to remember myself mm -hmm. i need to put it all together i need to yeah. remember i can't live my life broken in all these different pieces and we we're not meant to be so we have to remember so we can maintain our boundaries remember we have to know our boundaries we can't blame mm -hmm. other people for crossing them when we haven't uh, identified and articulated what is acceptable and not acceptable in a relationship with me mm -hmm. and to be consistent to be consistent on maintaining those boundaries and maintaining your um, stability, whatever that is, emotional, yeah. spiritual, mentally, all of it, physical. Yeah. You need to maintain that stability that you have within yourself and have an accountability plan in place. Mm -hmm. Great yes. Journaling is a great way to keep yourself accountable yeah. because you can see some of the words you're writing. You're like, oh my gosh, I was a mess like last week. Yeah. I didn't realize I was that bad. Like. That's great, but have somebody in your life that you can talk to. Mm -hmm. Have a person you can reach out to. And I think one of the most important things for me is, man, be gracious with your opinion of others. Mm -hmm. We're so quick to judge other people, but if we had, um, if our thoughts were on loudspeaker, boy, we'd be in trouble. Yeah, we would be. And it's usually that about them, right? Right. A, a really great way of... Um, sobering up to uh you're not that important is those people who think every everyone's thinking about you and everyone's judging you and you're trying to please everybody else and trust me people ain't that they're trying to figure out their own life <laughs> their they, own they ain't life. thinking yeah. about about little old you at all right and um be gracious with your opinion of others are they doing their best mm -hmm. we hope so yeah are you doing your best uh sometimes yeah no you're <laughs> that's right. the truth right yeah on, on good days yeah but let's be gracious with your, our opinion of others and uh, believe the best. Yeah. Just believe the best. And maybe have those conversations and say, hey, you all right? You seem kind of off instead of being yeah. like, well, I don't know why you're so crabby. Yeah. And like that's, that's, that's not, not going to make way. for a healthier relationship. No, it's not, man. And that's why we got to really be cognitive of where we're at in our thought process and responding to life, man. Such a blessing. It's such a great uh, topic of discussion, and I am so grateful to have this time with you, honey. Do you have any last parting words? Just be very gracious with other people and pay attention. Pay attention to life. 
man, pay attention to your life, not everybody else's life, and uh, but pay attention to all of it, the yeah. good stuff, the beautiful stuff, the absurd stuff, the terrible stuff, the really, really hard stuff, all of it. Yeah. Pay attention to it and recognize what you're thinking, what you're feeling, how you're articulating what those things are, and give yourself... Uh, space to breathe and let your heart breathe find something that lets your heart just breathe and give yourself a little bit, bit of a break yeah yeah give yourself a break just as you were saying being gracious with others that we got to make sure we're being gracious with ourselves also because sure. you know we can be super hard on ourselves and how we're responding you know that feels like it's out of character but people have to be understanding that you know you're going through what you're going through and this is unfortunately how sometimes we handle the situations, but it's also to know that we can come back and gather our wits about ourselves and make sure that we're being gracious to ourselves and those that we are around. My love, I love you. I love you, baby. So grateful to be doing this with you. And once again, we love you guys. God bless. Thank you for another segment of Bacon Bits. Make good choices. All right, what's up, family? It's your boy, John Bacon, from the Bacon Bits Podcast. Thank you so much for your support, likes, and ratings. Please don't just listen, but rate me, follow me, and subscribe. This is an amazing way to offer free support. My beautiful queen and I have some books that we have written for your growth. So the first book we have is a workbook, actually. It's called Healthy Relationships, and this is a workbook through the lens of faith. Because what makes a relationship healthy or unhealthy? So this workbook is designed, it's a 12-week, it's a biblically grounded course, and every week has a, a few different principles. So if some of our principles, some of our topics that we're covering are respect, uh, cultivating security. And this is not just between a husband and wife, this is between parents, between siblings, between friends, between your bosses, employers. So it's really important and everyone deserves a healthy relationship. And also we have The Balanced Life by John Bacon. It covers how to be prosperous in your finances, relationships, your health, your mind, and your spirit. And we also have The Unraveling, a creative healing journal, pinings, poems, prayers, and ponderings of my precarious life. Um, I've had a testimony of, uh, I've had two brain tumors and two brain surgeries, and I'm super grateful, but I'm still grieving the process of healing. And this is part of the process. In this book, you have devotionals, you have prayers, and you have some ponderings. And in between these pages, you, there's a space for you to also be prompted to paint and to create uh, your own. Or maybe you want to write something in these books. This is part of your creative healing journal that we get to walk through together. And you guys can just head over to Kingdom Servants First. Kingdom Servants, the number one, st.com. And you can purchase all three of these books. Thank you for your support, your love, and your contributions. God bless.